This show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and it is the end of the month again. It's the end of March, which means it's time for another patron chat episode, and we've got a bunch of our patrons here to join me. This week, we are discussing kind of a continuation of last week's topic uh, about which of the factions might actually have a plan for the future of the Wasteland and can help us to actually survive things. And some of the other people that I have to join me this week include some some favorites and some new some new patrons or at least patrons that you haven't actually met yet. So let me go through and we're going to introduce some of these people who are who are here to join us this week. We've got Lil Green joining us again. Lil Green, welcome back. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Happy to be here as always. Yeah, man. It's good to see you again. I'm glad you're able to join us. And we also have the Germinator joining us from the other side of the planet down in Australia. How's it going, Germinator? Yeah, not bad. How are you guys going over there? Good, man. I'm so glad you're able to join us. You're on your lunch break. It's the evening for us, but it's the middle of the day for you. So cool, man. Yep. That's very, very cool. I'm, I'm excited to get your opinion on some things and actually get to talk to you for the first time. This is super fun. And then we have Nova joining us. Nova, welcome. Yep. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to make it. And then Maverick is back. Maverick from the Fallout Roundtable, one of our Rocket Club shows and longtime patron. Welcome back, Maverick. Hello. I have coffee now. <laughs> the world is a better place. Coffee. Yes. Yes. And uh, you choose is joining us as well uh, and is listening in because uh, they are at work and th- work in a very loud environment, but is tuning in to be part of the conversation, at least on the listening side. So welcome, you choose uh, to the conversation as well. And if you do want to chime in, you can always post some things in the discord and maybe we can also read it out. Um, but thank you, everybody, for joining me on this episode of the Fallout Lorecast and, and listeners and everybody else who's in the live the live show. Um, so, guys, uh, here's the question. Here's the question. And, and I I feel like after recording last week's episode, I, we came to some really weird conclusions, some really strange places, because in talking about all the different factions, a lot of the factions, of course, end up in this kind of gray zone between Eh, they've got some good qualities and some bad qualities, but not all of them really lend towards actually helping humanity towards a better future. Some of them are kind of short-sighted. Some of them don't necessarily even have goals that have to do with that. But I think one of the most startling revelations of that kind of questioning is that a group like the Enclave, who I've been doing episodes this last month on, who are nefariously morally let's say off (laughs) disturbing at times because they're willing to do whatever at any cost, which also means killing lots and lots of people actually do have a plan in the end for potentially saving humanity in the wasteland in the long run. And it might work out. I, I would love to get some thoughts, at least starting with that group. What do you guys think? Do you think that there's some, some credibility to that? Do you think there's some potential there? Who wants to go first? Who would like to chime in? Lil? Um, honestly, out of everybody that you had already discussed, I feel like the Enclave is the only ones that have like a fair chance of actually completing their mission. Okay. And yes, well, I know like it, they're extremely black and white with no gray area on how they do things. If, but it's they're the only ones that really have a plan and and I guess a means of doing it in, in as well. Okay, so, so. Uh, like compared to the the Brotherhood, the Brotherhood are just kind of defending t- the use of technology. We've got uh, let's just go through the list real quick. We got the Enclave, yeah. we got the Brotherhood. Like, these are the main factions, right? The NCR are kind of trying to put back 
society piece by piece. So they've got kind of a plan, but they're just on the ground, just kind of doing it. But you you feel like the Enclave have kind of a master plan, a kind of a long term plan rather than just a eh, we're just going to kind of piece by piece this. Right. Is that kind of where you're going with that? Yeah. I, especially since like, you know, the Enclave was more of a nationwide, possibly worldwide uh, organization, depending on if they had like, you know, pockets throughout the world and where like the Brotherhood of Steel. Yes, they are kind of nationwide. Uh, they are more focused on preserving technology and the use of it. The NCR is just California to Vegas area. Mm-hmm. So there's, they're the ones that are the most prepared and more like they have the, like the, the mindset to right. preserve and make the world livable again. What about a group like the Institute? Do you feel like the Institute has a long-term plan for the preservation of humanity? Yes. Yes, honestly, going back on previous conversations, they might be the best ones, but it's they still have, I don't know, hidden means, I feel like. But so it might be a tie between the Enclave and the Institute, mostly just because they're more localized, it seems, in the Boston Commonwealth area. So I don't know what their larger goals are, but it seems like they have something going on. And they also have the, the massive amounts of technology that they can possibly uh, actually make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I sort of landed at the end of that episode was that you've got the, both of those groups. They both have kind of an ethical, they're ethically gray and dark in some regards, depending on who the leadership is much yes. of the time. Right. Um, what the rest of you guys think? Do you think either of those groups really has one a leg up on the other when it comes to plans for the future germinator yeah i can somehow see the uh enclave and the institute actually joining forces because they're more or less thinking about the same thing and then both stem from the original um united states Mm -hmm. if you think about one side's from your whole politicians that have incarcerated themselves so to speak in a bunker the other half is an actual institute of technology that's buried itself underneath itself yeah and when the, if they were to all join forces you would have the best of both worlds you'd have the organization of the enclave and you'd have the medical and um food technology of the institute yeah, the science and, and medical side of, of the, the Institute. And what's interesting here is that the Enclave is, uh, you look at the lore, the Institute was politicians, but it was also heads of industry, scientists and people like that. The group at the Institute just didn't happen to be the people that were connected also to the Enclave. As far as I understand, that group, that specific group of people were not tied to the Institute, although I think there were some people from um CIT that were the people who went on to build the Institute weren't. Um, But if 200 years in the future, they were to circle back and recombine, I see what you're saying. Now, the question then would be who's in charge, right? Like anytime you have two powerful groups come together and start to cooperate, then you have a question of who gets to make the call, like who gets to be in charge. That'd be pretty simple because um, you'd have the Enclave trying to force its way through with their military power, but then you also have the SRB. So they would just send their um, synthesis out to go and um, put down anybody that's actually trying to claim the leadership. So I reckon um, rather than father, you'd have somebody from the SRB sitting on the top. Well, a bit like a dictatorship at that stage. So you'd, you'd have like an initial conflict and then whoever wins out on that conflict and you think that the Enclave yeah. would win. Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, after the events of Fallout 3, the Enclave is basically destroyed as far as we know. I mean, we, we went through that whole discussion about like, where are the Enclave after the events of Fallout 3 slash New Vegas Fallout 4? Um, and for the, for the most part, as far as we know, the leadership has been gutted. Anybody who's left yeah. are ground troops who are, for the most part, saying like, oh, I wasn't involved. Don't look at me like they're, they're hiding. People are, are out in hiding. So if you could take uh, and this, that's an interesting point. 
the mentality behind people who are looking for strong leadership isn't gone. The reason why people rally behind the kinds of groups like the Enclave is because they are seeking strong leaders. They are seeking people with with a, a firm plan, strong leadership, power, those kinds of things. And if the Institute were able to market themselves as being the new solution that the Enclave wasn't able to give them, then those same people might rally underneath them. Yeah, exactly. And we still don't know um, what's actually survived in Alaska and Canada. Right. There could, there could be massive pockets of the enclave still sitting up there or even actual U.S. government. That's true. You just don't That's know. We, we don't know. We don't know. And places like uh, Chicago, I'd mentioned Chicago uh, or Appalachia. Because of the events of Fall seventy six, we don't know about that place either. There's a lot of there's a lot of other pockets where enclave remnants could be hiding out, or just stories haven't come out about yet. So that, that's very very true. I know the rest of you guys probably have some thoughts about this as well. I know Maverick, you've you kind of have mentioned before that you've been a fan of the enclave. Um, Nova, I think you might have some opinions about this. What do you guys think? Who wants to go next? Maverick? Funny thing is, is that our last episode was all about the Enclave, too. Yeah. So, okay. So share some thoughts on this. I know, I know you had, you had Lawrence on your last episode of yeah. the Fallout Roundtable, who had guested on my show a few weeks ago as well. You guys have been talking about yeah, this. Yeah, he wasn't able to come last week because he was on your show. Yeah. So what, what do you think? At the end of the story that we have so far with the remnants of the Enclave possibly out there somewhere. Do you think they've got a good, I mean, obviously they have a morally questionable solution to saving the Always. wasteland. Every, every faction has a morally questionable solution. It, it's the nuclear wasteland. Right. But do you think that uh, their solution would actually work? That, that's the real question. Mm, do, do you think? And, I, I, believe, and, I believe it would. Okay. To be honest, not d- d- putting my, Putting my bias towards the enclave aside. Okay. Okay. Just for just for a few minutes here. Sure. Sure. I I, I really do believe that. Okay. So I, and I, I mean, specific. I mean, let's get specific here. Specifically, their their idea of using an engineered FEV virus to kill off any mutations. So any creatures, but also any humans who have come in contact with the FEV. That means ghouls. That also means wastelanders. People out in the wasteland who have come across. The FEB. That also means people who are serving the Enclave. Soldiers who have been serving their entire lives and their children and their families. That means anybody. So that only pure humans exist. And if that means wiping out 98% of the population so that 2% of the population survive once that virus gets out into the water supply. So that pure humans are all that's left. And those few pure, let's say, let's say you reduce the population of the wasteland down to 5,000 people across the entire North American continent, that those 5,000 people would eventually be able to repopulate the wasteland in a place where there are no more mutants at all. That's, that's their solution, basically. And in a, you know, in In a nutshell, in a nutshell. Yeah. And do you think that would work? I believe, but. I believe it would work, but I don't, we don't know what, what's going on across the, across the pond called the Atlantic ocean. It's true. It's true. Or, or Alaska, Canada, Hawaii, across the Pacific ocean. We, we just know everything that's here and now. So that's what I think is that in the American continent, in the North American continent, like you said, I believe it would work. Yes, it it would be morally gray. It would be awful. You know? It would be morally dark. I mean, really, more than just gray. It'd be very, it would... very dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but but you think it would work? Those five thousand people could put things back together and give them another thousand years. Eventually, they'd repopulate everything. Yeah, because the institute institutes under underground, and they always use hazmat radioactive suits when they're above. Right. Oh, that's that's true. You'd have some of those people surviving. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, this is interesting. Nova, what do you think? Are you on board so, with this idea? So talking about the Enclave specifically, uh, I just want to I just, I just say one thing real quick. It wasn't 
it, it was only uh, President Eden's idea to use the FEV, it, the FEV to wipe the entire waste and clean. It was August's idea just to take uh, Project Purity uses the leverage to gain control of the capital wasteland. But going on to what we're discussing right now, I think that it, like in its own way, it would work. But it'd be devastating, though. It would create a massive genetic bottleneck for humanity. It would pretty much yeah. wipe out, like, one of my favorite sayings is the greatest tool humanity has is its mind. Uh, by wiping out that massive amount of population, you're really limiting how many minds you can put to work on any subject. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, it, it could be some Joe Schmo over there who doesn't know how to do math. He could still he could still be useful, though, in carrying bricks. He could still be useful in, construction, in constructing things. Like, we like just because you're not smart doesn't mean you're not you're not useful to humanity as a whole or, uh, or it could solve other problems yeah absolutely yeah, exactly, exactly. absolutely yeah. and so yeah and so in it's in one way it would, sh- it would solve problems but in another way it would create devastation though not just for people who died but simply because there wouldn't be the workforce to rebuild society itself and like this will always happen with this massive like you can look at you, you you can look at china during the great leap forward or during the cultural revolution or like or like or Russia during the uh, Soviet era where like this massive major makeup projects where they're trying to solve this one problem creates this whole host of other problems that need to be solved in the future that it, that just ruin lives, countless amount of lives. And so that's how I view this problem. That's how I view this is like what the Enclave is doing was as this massive makeup project. They were like, okay, we're going to solve this one problem of FE of ghouls and super mutants being the scourge of the wasteland. And then completely ignore that. It's going to literally kill off 98% of the population. That's a, that's that's a problem down the road we'll deal with, and right. then like like I said, on the road, then they're going to have a massive labor shortage, a massive bottle genetic bottleneck, where like undesirable, like I say, undesirable traits like a uh, cleft foot or anything else like that, where that are like considered hindrances. Sure. Or other mutations well, naturally happen whenever you have a genetic yeah. bottleneck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. it, that's more likely to happen because you're going to be getting more lot more inbreeding. That's just how I look at this problem right now. Is it's a huge massive overarching step that sh- probably shouldn't be taken that's pointed towards one specific goal and ignoring everything else the, the entire domino effect that it would have it's just a single-minded tunnel vision focus on this mm-hmm. so do you think that there's another faction that has a better solution yes the ncr <laughs> okay <laughs> right off the bat all right yeah so so let's pivot so, let's pivot okay so okay. the ncr why do you think the ncr solution is better so I think the NCR's solution is better is because they like they're more humanitarian. They're not like they're not going off just for themselves. Like I mean, they are going out for themselves, but their ideals is to incorporate other communities into their new nation and develop like first redevelop America from the West East. So it's almost a reversed, uh, des- it's a reversed manifest destiny. And that, that's how I look, that's how I see it. It's a reverse manifest destiny that the NCR sees as a duty to go and civilize the Amer- North American continent going that way towards Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and as they keep going, as they keep going, they're going to continue to do what the enclave is doing, but at a costlier per person cost, like a costlier per person price is going to be paid though. So instead of sitting back and having a virus do your dirty work, you're going to have send soldiers in to go clear out the buildings, go clear out the rubble, go uh, recapture individual cities, tame the, tame the wild wasteland really. Right. Hard work, and, manpower. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but there's always a flip side of that though. The more, the, like the larger a government, or the larger anything an organization gets, the more, potential there's for corruption. And so there's really going to be a certain point with the limited manpower and resources that the NCR has at the, at the moment, even if they keep going out, there's going to be a, like a tipping point where it becomes a, like a loss for these people onwards or they're feeding into the system, but not getting anything out of it though. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's like, ideally, which we, we know that's not going to happen though, but I'm saying ideally if the NCR could actually find where we can expand to just stop there, and just let those people over there develop their own society. That would be ideally. We know for a fact it's not going to happen though, because they're imperialistic. They see the North American continent as their ter- as belonging to them. Like I said, reverse manifest destiny. Well, it is manifest destiny, but reverse direction. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you? What do the rest of you guys think? Do you think the NCR has a solution that could work? I mean, it, it is a lot less 
problematic authoritarian, authoritarian. a lot less uh murderous when it comes to just you know wiping everybody out Um, also i'm gonna add this one last thing uh the followers of the apocalypse are also kind of melded in in follow behind with the interest mm-hmm. expansion and so that's kind of a added benefit yes. for the people who live in that area right i, I, I forgot to mention that yeah that that is nice uh, because they're obviously humanitarian and um uh, an extra benefit to the group in that way um what do you guys think lil maverick wants to go first oh maverick go ahead i do want to go first but you know go ahead uh so so I, I think listening to all this, I think the NCR, even even though I like to go all murdery sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> murdery and all all morally dark and gray. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's probably why I've leaned more towards the enclaves. God bless the enclave. God bless America. Uh I I do believe morally stand standing point, I do believe the NCR with their whole manifest destiny idea. Granted, yes, it probably would be a more authoritarianism. Uh, it would be a lot more restrictive than it was than probably the enclave. I mean, the enclave would probably have been ten times more restrictive. Yes, right. So, so it's, it's the lesser of two evils here at this point. I mean, you think wh- why would they be? an evil like what would be the because they, they would be the more you, you don't know what those soldiers may do you, you that's true you're not going to you don't know what the soldiers may do but living underneath the ncr is going to be more of a representational I mean, government similar to what we already have yeah yeah the so far the ncr has a government at, at this point I mean, it's not going to be perfect we, we talked about this during our last episode about the NCR and how they have the best government that's similar to old war, old world right. government that, that would work the best that we were thinking that the en- enclave would probably pull a winter soldier and infiltrate and <laughs> kill everyone off. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing with the NCR is that it is the most like the government that came before it in that it's a representational government and you would have elected officials and those kinds of things. But with a government that comes before it, you have the same issues that come with the government that comes before it. So corruption, uh, political groups that are getting paid off or individuals who are getting paid off corruption, all, all of that kind of thing. So you do have, I mean, no system's perfect. So you do have those issues as well. Right. Um, Lil, did you want to chime in on this one? Yeah. Um, I think I actually would like to change my answer of, I think the NCR is the better organization to pretty much create a normal world because of project purity if it's used because like you said it's wiping out anything that has a mutation and they don't have any livestock or anything like that and like you do get rid of all of like the the like i don't want to call them lesser people but like people that are like needed for like the hard labor so, so you get rid of the common the, the you get rid of regular the common people folk. right you get rid of the common folk and honestly that's doing that and leaving yourself with such a low pool you honestly kill society so especially like even going back to just like wildlife because like plants and everything like that you sterilize the planet and at that point right like what percentage of the actual plants and animals aren't mutated how many of them even would even exist at at any so any amount and then right with with the ncr yes corruption is a huge issue but i feel like that is something that will be localized to areas because not everyone is going to like follow the same exact you know like everyone's not going to like follow it to a t everyone's going to put their own spin on it because you can't just like have you know uh you know like cookie cutter like uh like followings throughout the entire world or mm. the entire country but i feel like it gives people a chance to actually survive if they if it was the ncr to take over because then they're able to just organize and then like be able to uh give some more like structure and order to the society and not have to worry about everybody dying it might just be like you know like 
raiders, bandits, anybody that is like nefarious. Yeah. Germinator, you wanted to chime in. What do you think? Yeah. I was just thinking um, with the NCR, if they were to extend their reach all the way to the West Coast and integrate the Minutemen into their ranks, they wouldn't have to concentrate on both governmental side of things and the military side of things because they can have their own pockets of the Minutemen, just Mm -hmm. like in the old days of Mm -hmm. America, to stop raider attacks, mutants, etc., and they can focus solely on government and um, bring in the... What do you guys call it? Transcontinental Railway? The one that goes from east to west? Sure, yeah. Because they were working on rebuilding the railway in um, New Vegas anyway. Right. Until the powder gangs decided to (laughs) stuff things up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, they like to blow everything up, so yeah. Um, Yeah, I I think that's a really cool idea because, uh, and this is something that occurred to me as well, if you take a number of these factions and even some of the smaller factions and you combine them they they kind of fit together pretty well you take the the governmental system from the ncr you take the militia from the minutemen you take the um uh the humanitarian group uh from the nova mentioned them before uh the name fell out of my head um the uh followers of the, the followers. followers of the apocalypse um and then you, you also can take like even it like a ref, refined version of the institute if you were to take their science and medical you know technology or the brotherhood and you could work in the military or the technology side of the brotherhood like some of these in other groups if you could combine them in ways where you could actually group them back together could turn into a very (laughs) effective future governmental societal system for the future of the wasteland but the problem is that all of these groups never seem to get along. They never all, they all seem to work together for any long period of time in any meaningful way, right? They all just kind of eventually fall apart. Um, and that's what creates a good story and creates an interesting, you know, gameplay and factions that splinter off. And, and, and in some ways, that's also very human, right? So there is that. But um, yeah, it's interesting, though, because like there are risks to both sides. Like you guys mentioned the whole, you know, going down to a very small population has its risks. The whole putting all your eggs in a system that is this basically the same system that worked before still kind of has its risks as well because of the potential for corruption and a world that is more dangerous than that system originally was used in. I mean, America was built in a world where you didn't have a bunch of irradiated mutated monsters running around you know, like we <laughs> human beings tamed a world where there were like giant, you know, megalithic monsters like, you know, the woolly mammoth and the saber toothed tiger and things like that. But we didn't have to deal with death claws, <laughs> you know, and snallygasters. Germinator. That might be true for America, but if you have a look at Australia. <laughs> um, That's true. It is a horror I'm escape. Only gonna mention one animal. The cassowary. Those things stand at six foot tall and they will chase you and they can run at over 50 k's an hour. Are you talking about a kangaroo? And claws are sharp enough to gut you. Yeah. Then you have seven out of the ten world's most poisonous snakes. You have mm-hmm. all, the, all the top ten of the most deadly spiders. It's true. It's true. Uh, Australia and is kind if, of a horror show. Yeah. Yeah, it, Australia is real life for that if you really think about it. <laughs> it basically, is. we have four of the worst. That's true. That's true. Well, there is that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like when it really comes down to it, which group really has the potential to actually solve the wasteland question? You know. Um, well, guys, we're in the middle of the show. Why don't we take a quick break? We've got some patrons to thank you guys and some other people. We've got a a few quick reviews to read out. And then there's some big news about Fallout 76. And I want to get some of your thoughts on it. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So don't go anywhere. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. All right. So on the patron front, you choose who's tuning in right now as part of the chat uh, is our newest patron. Thank you for signing up. You choose. And I hope I'm saying your name right. And uh, thank you to all of our patrons for being here, including our Sentry Bot patron right now. I'm the Creeper. Thank you for signing up and being part of our patrons and all 55 of our patrons right now. Holy moly. Thank you to everybody. And if we've done anything to help to get through the workday, your workout, your drive to work, you're driving all over freaking Australia or the United States, like two of our two of the our patrons in our chat right now. Man, truckers are awesome. You guys are the best. Um, if it wasn't for truckers d- d- delivering our goods across the countries that we live in, I don't know what we would do. Um, but if, if we've helped you get through any of that stuff, then go to patreon.com slash fallout lorecast and check out all the different tiers. You can get ad free episodes. You can join us on future chats like this. You can get T-shirts. There's all sorts of fun stuff. Go check. Go check that out. And um, this is my full time job. So I appreciate every every little bit that you guys do to help out with the show. It really does mean the world to me, including things like leaving reviews and ratings like uh, we've got three new ones in here. This one from J.D. the Pest Guy in the United States who wrote in on Apple Podcasts, gave it five stars and said best podcast I've ever heard. Holy crap. Uh, Robots with zeros. I'm leaving words. I've been listening to your show on my commute between jobs. It's so great to delve into the lore on one of my favorite game series. Well, thanks so much. Holy crap. Best show ever. That's amazing. Uh, Thank you, JD. Then we also have one from Meme Cousin in the United States who wrote, if you love Fallout, you'll love this podcast. Five stars. I've always been so intrigued by the lore of Fallout, but of course, I don't want to look it all up for myself. I love that Robots has brought an in-depth look at the Fallout lore to podcast format. Keep up the great work and great was in all caps. Thank you so much, meme cousin. And then we also have one more from CT107 in the US who writes five stars, more new Vegas content, please. Lore or playthrough and an episode about the wild wasteland perks and other perks. This is like a review that's a request. so yes, I'm I'm going to be trying to do some more New Vegas streams coming up. I know I haven't kind of been slacking on those. I'll try to get some more of that stuff in, and I try to cycle around and do different content about different things. I try to mention New Vegas whenever I can. Um, also, uh, I believe I did cover a lot of the waste. I think there is an episode where I did cover all the wild wasteland perks. I believe I did that episode. So go back and look through the uh, the playlist because I think that one does exist. So go look it up. Uh, you might be pleasantly surprised that that one already exists. So thank you to everybody who takes the time to do this. And it really does. It really, really does help. And then if you also listen on Spotify, you can leave us a five star review on there as well. All of this stuff really helps keep us up high in the rankings and also brings in new listeners and lets them know what to expect when they check out the show, because your words are more valuable than mine, because of course I'm going to say, Hey, I've got a cool show. You should check it out. But when you guys tell people about it, it means so much more. So thank you so much. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, guys. Thank you for that awesome discussion, by the way, on the first part. I love getting your perspectives on these things because I'm in my head all the time. But when I get to hear your thoughts on things, it really it makes me think in, in different directions than I than I do when I'm just thinking about stuff. Um, but we had some some really cool news. I know when it comes to Fallout 76, one of the big complaints is, hey, why are they taken so long to bring out new content and I wish they would give us more content and what's what's with this game is it still alive are they still going to give us more stuff and they always seem to be pushing back the the roadmap well 
we got some news here and this comes directly from double11.com and if you don't know who double 11 is they are a developer they've worked on games like rust do you remember rust rust was one of those games that came out like years ago and then it got released on console and it's continued to have updates it was really big like what two years ago when a bunch of streamers started playing it survival game where it's like a post-apocalyptic thing where you build resources and then you can raid each other's buildings and things like that um they've also done uh, they, they were the developer behind uh minecraft dungeons which is a fun game i don't know if you've played that but it's actually a lot of fun it's like you know based in the minecraft world but you play with friends and you like fight a bunch of creepers and stuff go through dungeons it's kind of a looter combat game well this is what they wrote and this came out on their website it says adventure awaits in the wastelands of fallout 76 at Double Eleven, we've made a name working with some of the biggest developers and publishers in the world. We are excited to be able to announce publicly that we've recently begun working with Bethesda Game Studios to create new challenges for players of Fallout 76. Since its release in 2018, Fallout 76 has invited players from all over the world to create a unique dweller, leave the vault, and explore the many wonders and challenges of the wasteland of Appalachia. Bethesda and Double Eleven began speaking in late 2020, so it's already been two years, and since then, we've worked together on a host of exciting new content that will be enjoyed by this passionate community of fans later in 2022. Quote, it's a privilege to be trusted to work on one of the most iconic franchises in gaming history, Double Eleven CEO Lee Hutchinson said. The team we've assembled to work on Fallout 76 are so passionate about the series, working with Bethesda is a dream come true. We've loved working on this game so far, and from small beginnings, our team is expanding as we plan to develop more content in the future, so keep an eye on our careers page for more information on open roles across all disciplines. So, what do you guys think? Any thoughts on this, Maverick? So So you're saying I can get a job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could get a job. That, so, yes, that's one of the things they're saying is, one, they have been in talks with Bethesda for, I guess, not really two years, but almost two years, at least a year and a half-ish, uh, about doing work with them. They're already starting to do work with Bethesda, with the Fallout 76 team at Bethesda, to create more content, and they're expanding the studio there hiring more people to create more content for Fallout 76. So yeah, so if you are a game developer, then yes, and here, let me click on their careers page. So I don't think they're hiring truck drivers though, but I know. <laughs> if I see a truck driver posting, I'll let you know, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But what do you think? I I, I just hope it, uh, I, I liked Rust. Rust was a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope there's more, they bring more of that aspect into it, more building aspects. Um, and not, not so much that turns into fallout four, which I, I also liked how it was there, but I, I hope that it bring a little, a little bit faster, but a lot more better stuff. If you know what I mean. Okay. Okay. Uh, Germinator. I hope they bring back the um, ammo and uh, weapon crafting system from New Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I wouldn't mind running around with a combat shotgun or even just a pump shot, uh, hunting shotgun with slugs. You yeah. do so much more damage to the builds. There's such a pain. Yeah, yeah. Some more flexibility around the weapon system would be cool. Yeah, I could see that. So, there's some I have some thoughts on this too. Um, one of my thoughts, and one of the things I noticed have, on the last time that Ken from the Chad Fallout 76 story uh, podcast and I got a chance to interview some of the guys from the team, we noticed that some of their team members had moved on to work on getting the next Elder Scrolls game ready. And it seemed like the the feeling I got was that they had moved the people around in, the stu- in their studios, and the sense I had was that this team had kind of been slimmed down and they moved some people over to the other studio. They kind of pushed back roadmaps two years running. So it seemed like they were kind of uh, missing some deadlines, like they were lacking the 
speed of getting things done the way that they hoped they could get things done with the manpower that they had. So to me, from like a business perspective and having worked inside marketing and, and coordinated with uh, some uh, like development teams that I used to actually do some stuff with, it seems like this was a solution that is faster to getting content out than actually hiring new people and getting those people up to speed. Because if they could hire a dev team that has experience and just doing stuff, that dev team has more experience than hiring new people and getting the new people up to speed individually. So my, my guess here, and this is all speculation, I don't, I don't know for sure. My guess here is that the core team that is working on 76 is still there and that they are going to be the lead concept people and the lead people behind the ideas. So if they're going to work in something like weapon crafting or some of these new concepts, that's still going to come from the Fallout 76 team at Bethesda. The team at Double Eleven are going to be a lot more of the people on the ground, the people who are creating the new world spaces, the new character models, the new textures, the new enemy types, the new building materials, the new like all of the stuff. So like one of the things I've noticed in the game is that Oftentimes when a new like another Tuesday comes up and you go into the, the shop, it's a lot of the same recycled stuff that came from like previous weeks. There's very few new stuff that shows up in some of the new roadmaps. The stuff is that has been in the new roadmaps. A lot of people have complained isn't as exciting or even as diverse as some of the stuff that showed up in the roadmaps a year ago. So you have Fallout 76 team going, we can't keep up with the demand. We need more staff. And so they go. So management's going, well, what if we hire on this other development team and now we've like doubled the staff like overnight. Now they're able to put out more stuff. What do you think about that? Does that make sense? No, yeah, it does make sense. And also, I think getting um, fresh blood onto the project might even help some creativity issues so that we get more in new different uh like items in like the shops or even maybe like daily quests or something like that oh absolutely yeah because if the management team's going hey we think we're going to go in this direction and they pitch the idea to the other team over at double eleven and they go oh that's a cool idea what if we did this or when we did something similar in rust or one of these other games we also used this concept and it worked really good people loved it then the, the management team goes Oh yeah, that's a really cool idea. Now you're right. Now they've got more more minds on the project as well. They've got a lot more stuff they can work with. Just you know, like it, like we talked about on this show. Like when it's just me thinking about a thing, I'm I'm limited to my own brain. But when I open up the concept to you guys, all of a sudden we've got more more ideas moving around, and there's a lot more we could do with that, right? I think yeah, that's a, exactly. I think that's a great point. Yeah. And also the other thing that I like about this is that. They're not like um, a company that hasn't done like an online creative world game and they actually have a little bit more experience, I would say, developing Rust since it's more of a you get you're given a completely clean slate and you build it as you want. And it's uh, it's an ever evolving world. So, like, I guess maybe there'll be like more stability or like better creativity uh, when it comes to building and other factors of uh, 76 as well now. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what elements they might even include from something like a game designed like Rust. I, I know the team early on thought the game would be played a lot more like Rust, a lot more competitive between people, a lot more just like, you know, people just attacking each other and being a little bit more, I don't know, PVP focused, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. PVP. Right. That, that's another thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to barge in here but but i had an idea pop in my head yeah uh, go for it yeah uh when you're when we were talking about pvp i was when uh when i was playing rust and a lot of these other games that double 11 does uh they're a lot more pvp than uh, what fallout 76 is right now yeah and i hope uh uh, ever since they got rid of uh, nuclear winter, or I think that's what, yeah, 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 because because I guess it died, <laughs> uh, and people weren't interested in it. They're more interested in the the wastelanders and the NPCs and the storytelling. I'm hoping that 
with Double Eleven and all the other stuff that they've done PvP that it'll, it'll revigorate and bring more PvP to the game. Yeah, it might mean that they have more ideas for other game modes. Like this studio might be focusing on some other game mode they're looking to introduce or another PvP variant that they haven't revealed yet or a retooled nuclear winter type mode that they, you know, or PvP mode in general that they haven't revealed. That, that could be the case. Germinator? Yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to expand on Enclave because that kind of stalled out a bit, didn't it? Uh, on what? Sorry, you're, it's a little garbly. Uh, uh, expand oh, on what? Is that better? Yeah, that's a lot better. Yeah, sorry, aircon was on. Um, it's only 40 degrees outside. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if they'll expand on the Enclave and if we might see um, Enclave versus Brotherhood kind of battles. Yeah. I mean, now that they've brought, now that um, Bethesda's brought the Brotherhood back into the game, Mm-hmm. There's still been no development on the enclave on the enclave in what two years now. Yeah, I mean they were a big part of the original core story and the underlying events of Fallout seventy six and the you know before the vault doors opened and Modus and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, they they might extend that part of the story. Um, there has been speculation that if you were to choose a faction and create a like like. Fallout 76 doesn't have a guild system, like a clan or guild system. But what if you could create a guild around a specific faction, right? So it, what if I was to say, like, I'm I'm going Brotherhood, and anybody who signs up for my guild is going to be Brotherhood. And then what if, you know, Maverick was like, well, I'm going Enclave, and whoever signs up for my guild is going to be Enclave, right? Right? And then so, like, you know, maybe Lil and I go Brotherhood, and then, you know, Germinator and, and Maverick go uh, Enclave, and Nova decides he's going... I don't know, responders, you know, and and like we all have these different factions in our guilds. And when you fly your flag, you're now flagged PVP against only specific other guilds that are specific factions. Right. And then you you can use a certain, you know, you have different uh, settlements and their settlement is flagged as a brotherhood settlement. Right. Or your settlement is flagged as like there could be a whole PvP mode built around this, and then you could raid each other's bases, and like you could build. There's there's so much potential with the core pieces that they've already built into the game that they just need the manpower to do stuff with them and try them out. And Fallout Worlds is a place where they could do that if they had enough staff to take those pieces and build out the potential of those things. So, yeah, I think you might be onto something like, and they could use that to play out potential theories for future storylines, you know, or simulated storylines. Like what if all of this stuff is, what if there's a location out in the, in the wasteland somewhere where that's like playing out all these scenarios in a simulation somewhere, or some people think that Fallout 76 itself is a simulation. That it's all part of what's going on in the vault and that nobody's actually left the vault yet. Well, that would explain uh, why you keep um, just respawning wherever you want rather than like in Fallout 4 or anything before that, restarting at the last checkpoint. Right, right. That's why That's why when you die, you don't actually, you're not actually dead. Um, it justifies a lot of other weirdness in the game that doesn't exist in other games. It justifies why there might be, you know, NCR armor in Appalachia. Um, you know, like why are there things that exist in this game that don't exist temporally? And some of that stuff doesn't make sense. Um, so what if it's all a simulation? So there's, there's some cool stuff going on. Um, you want to know about some of the jobs they have listed here? So here you go. Here you go, Maverick. All right. Are you a lead artist? or a lead game programmer, or a games designer, or a C++ programmer. Any of those things ring true? No. Nope. apply. Do you live in the UK or Malaysia? I wish. <laughs> Which one, UK or Malaysia? <laughs> UK. I don't know much about Malaysia, so I've never visited Malaysia. I don't know much Malaysia. about Malaysia either, so I, I'm not, I don't want to go. No <laughs> yeah. offense to anyone that lives there. I do, yeah, I don't know what, what it's like to be in Malaysia. I've, I've visited the UK, though. That, would, that might be cool. Um, what about uh, speculative applications? I don't know what that means. Mm. 
uh, QA lead. There you go. You could be on the QA yeah. team. How about uh, VFX? I mean, that's what I do already here. QA? You're a QA specialist? Well, well yeah, with my show, the Fallout Roundtable. Oh, it is a speculative type of show. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. What about a visual effects artist? No, I'm actually trying to find one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, or a producer. There you go. You could just be the producer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You should submit an application if you feel like you could be the producer on their team. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Let, let me go back to college. <laughs> Character artist. How about this? Who feels like they could just design characters? Just like here's my here's my drawing. It's the equivalent of what like an eight year old could do. As as long uh, as I don't have to draw. <laughs> as long as you don't have to draw. I think that you probably have to have some art skills in this. Um, uh, Lil, I'm trying to see if there's anything in here that has to do with photography. Oh, that's going to be a long shot, I feel like. Yeah, although, like, texture artists use a lot of photography in developing their textures. But then you also need other skills as well. Um, hmm. Concept artist. Hmm. That does require some photography depending on like the situation but uh, like i've actually looked into it photography is very sparse when it comes to video game development it is it is environment artist uh, maybe i don't know well, it's a stretch if i might chime in here um uh -huh. as a photographer you're not just limited to your standard 2d photography you can um do all your uh 3d model scanning and that Weapons, tools, etc. That's all technically photography. There you go. He's not wrong. There you go. Well, no, he's not. I yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, what about how about this one? Technical designer. I have no idea what that even means. Is that like button mapping? Like what? What is that? I don't even know. Probably all code. It's all code stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, your technical design will be more of the um, actual NPC movements and that sort of thing. Your environmental physics, um, stuff, physics, yeah, lighting and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm not qualified for any of this stuff. If they're According looking for to Ubisoft, hold on. Oh, okay, uh, the technical designer, a game or level designer by training, and is known for their technical skills. Ah. Well, I don't see podcaster on here or uh, lore expert. I don't see that either. So, um, Double Eleven, if you need any of those things, you have, let me well, know. you have your lore expert in order to review the actual plot itself to make sure it's not game breaking. Right. Yeah. Th those those uh, positions are rare and, and uncommon and yeah. far in between. Yeah, it'd probably go along the lines of story writer. Yeah. Usually <laughs> they start out as story writers and then they, it's very rare that you end up in that kind of position. But um, man, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Do you have any uh, last thoughts on any of the stuff that we've talked about? Anybody else want to go real quick before we wrap this up? Any other final thoughts? Any other hopes and dreams for Fallout 76? I mean, they said maybe we'll be getting some of the stuff they're working on by the end of the year. Do you think we'll be getting a little bit more coming out sooner than later? Shrugs? Seeing some shrugs. Germinator? Well, I was just thinking um, there is somebody else in uh, Appalachia we haven't considered. Secret yeah. Service. There's still a uh, government agency. They could be the ones that bring back the um, enclave. Hmm. Okay. Because you have the Secret Service in Vault 79, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that would play into anything that they're working on. Yeah, when it comes to the story stuff, I, I'm really not sure. I know we're going to uh, the pit. I think that's going to be the next big story thing that we get. So how that ties into the events of in Appalachia, I'm not sure. So it's anybody's guess right now. But um, well, thanks for joining me, guys. This has been super fun. Why don't we go back through and feel free to share anything you're working on, anything cool you want to share about what you've been doing and ways that people can reach out to you. Lil Green, thanks for joining again. You got anything cool going on? Up, oh, you're still muted. <laughs> it's OK. There we go. I could just, I could just um, pretend to say what you're saying and then just make it up. 
Um, that could be real entertaining. I have a bunch of personal projects I'm working on. Uh, it's just I my schedule with wedding season is like shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, I have a bunch of stuff I want to get done. It's just um, especially like that uh, Fallout mi- uh, miniature project. I'm looking at 3D printers to get some stuff printed up and, uh, you know, just try to, I don't have anything at the moment to report on. Well, that sounds fun. Well, good luck with the wedding season. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Germinator, you got anything going on or ways that you want people to reach out to you? Um, I mean, obviously on Discord. Um, usually you can find me on, um, yeah, I'm on Twitch as well. I don't usually stream. It's very, very rare. Uh, the only thing I've been doing lately is uh, running back and forth across the country, doing deliveries and getting parts for my truck. Yeah. Well, thank you for your for your hard service <laughs> because, man, truck and truck life is not easy, but we definitely need it. So. Well, in Australia, we have only one railway line, like literally one line that connects east to west everything else is trucks without trucks australia stops wow no food nothing wow that's amazing all right man well thanks for joining us i'm glad you were able to make it not a problem it was a pleasure awesome awesome maverick i know you got a show that you guys do yeah i got a show his name is the fallout round table just released a sixth sixth episode month yesterday Mm-hmm. Anything else going I've been, on? I've been working on a separate project on a second podcast. Uh, it's, it won't be out for a long, long time. It's going to be more of a drama-based podcast. Oh. Nothing to do with Fallout whatsoever. Okay. Secret project. Not even connected. Interesting. All right. Well, you have to share more as it gets closer to release. Mm-hmm. Very and, and then I'm here in my semi all, all day, every day. All day, every day. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us again. And then Nova. Nova, thanks for thanks for coming back, being a part of this. Yeah, it's no problem at all. I had to run away from a tornado real quick. Oh, is that what it's <laughs> Holy crap. You've had, you've had a very busy day. Uh, yeah, in the pre-show, Nova talked about how he almost got um, attacked by somebody on the street. I don't, yep. some, some craziness happened. And then uh, someone was driving, driving down the wrong side of the road straight towards me on the highway. Did you well, not walk highway, under like an like open ladder or did a black cat cross your path or like what happened, man? Dude, I don't even know today. It's, it's been weird. And then, like I said, there was a tornado siren that I that was in the <laughs> that I left in the, the first place. And wow. I came back because it stopped going. Worst tornado, worst tornado I've ever seen. It's like three mile hour winds outside but <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, hey so. i'm glad you've survived it all and you're able to join us that's yeah round two is on its way right now um <laughs> oh, boy. all right well you keep surviving <laughs> yeah yeah but Stay alive. the project i'm working on just i'm you know doing my usual writing thing making currently in the final stages of producing another youtube uh, another video uh, it's about like the history and lore of power armor and the implementation within the fallout because if you didn't, if you didn't know, there are different uses for different sets of power armor, in, like lore-wise. In the actual game itself, they're all pretty much the same, just level, just protection-based. But in the lore, uh, if you look at it, they're each one had different specific uses, mm-hmm. which I find really interesting. And if you want to contact me, I'm on Discord. Uh, you can add me in the actual server itself, or jump into my DMs, or I'm also on Twitter at ta- at Supernova13. So awesome! Well, that sounds cool. Cool stuff, man. Well, thanks for joining us again. And uh, uh, you choose is here as well. Thanks for joining us. You choose. I know things are kind of loud on your end, but uh, I'm glad you were at least able to listen in. And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining me. And uh, you guys know where my stuff is, robotsradio.net, for all of my shows and all the other shows on the network, uh, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club shows like the Fallout Roundtable that Maverick does. And if you're interested in starting your own podcast or you feel like you've got your own show, but you wish it was growing a little bit better, need some help with marketing it and learning how to grow a podcast. I'm ha- I'm happy to help. You can check out all that information. It's on the website, robotsradio.net. I've also got all my other shows, all the different lore casts that I do, Elder Scrolls and Cyberpunk and Mass Effect and all that stuff, The Witcher. But I also have the Lord of the Rings lore cast. Episode five is up this week. We're talking about the coming of the elves and... Um, man, that shows I'm so much fun doing that because it's such an awesome universe. So go check that stuff out. And of course, you can join me live for a lot of the other shows that I do 
everywhere that's robots radio so it's twitch or youtube or facebook just look up robots radio and all those places and that's what i got i'll be back next week with another regular episode and until then just stay safe out there don't get hit by a tornado or a driver on the wrong side of the road or some crazy person in the middle of your street man good luck nova all right everybody thanks for being here see you guys next time plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.